we care about these people we have you know you've spent so much time training and, and evolving and, and growing them and, and, and they become your family and you spend more time with them than you do with your own family you know in this business we're in and, and you just just so much love that was it was probably one of the hardest things that I've ever been through when we when we did all those stand downs this is the deep in the weeds podcast I'm Anthony Huckstep hotels They're a vital cog in our society for tourism, for business, for leisure. But the lockdown effectively closed them all down overnight. Hotels don't just provide a place to rest our head. They are huge food and beverage operations that employ tens of thousands of hospitality workers. What's happened to these venues? What's happened to their dining rooms? And what's happened to their staff? Vincent Lombino is the group... Director of Food and Beverage for Ovalo Hotels across Australia. Vincent, how are you going? Yeah, good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for joining us today. There's um, lots to talk about, but um, could you give us an idea to start with on the scale of uh, the Ovalo Hotel Group and how many they employ and the impact that the pandemic had initially in those early stages? Oh yeah, still. Well, we've got uh, so obviously we've got eleven hotels uh, in between Australia uh, and Hong Kong, and building in, and we're actually building in, in Indonesia as we speak. And we've got two new hotels in Melbourne, one that'll be finished uh, in November. Um, we've got about fourteen, fifteen F and B businesses within that um, restaurants, you know, and bars, and of course all the ancillary the functions conferencing catering room service and and in room um but yeah it was it was a brutal a, a brutal time and when we got into that third week in march and across the whole across both you know from through hong kong and through australia having to do um our stand downs and we lit off you know hundreds and hundreds of 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 a team we we fought hard to keep uh our our management teams on on board we we ended up closing a few of the hotels, but tried to remain most of them open, even just on on light crews. Uh, and we just had to be very creative. Uh, the, uh, the hotel occupancy was very very low, as everyone was in ISO and, and not traveling. But we um, we we kept the, the dream alive through some some actions through you know takeaway, setting up new brands and some takeaway brands and some some fun kind of really engaging uh, opportunities to help have, get people, you know, to have a little bit of dining, a little bit of fun along the way and keep our management working. But probably the hardest thing I've had to do, I mean, I was in the States and I grew up in America and went through, you know, um, 2008 when we hit, when the reset, when the GFC hit 2007, really into seven before I came to Australia, right when I got here in 08, but having to do that same thing where you're seeing your, you know, your dear friends, you having to stand them down, send them away, you know, let them go off and, and, and deal with the world. It's the, you just you're just never prepared for it to see the people that you care about and watch it happen all over the all over the country. Well you had that um period in two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight of the GFC and and felt the impact of that, you know, and obviously the pandemic is uh, different to that. But um what did it feel like for you personally in that early stage? Um did you have concerns for the, your sector and and all the people employed in it you know, moving forward. Oh, 
hundred percent. We knew, look, you knew right, you, you saw it coming, and you, I mean, right when it has you hit, you knew this was going to be not going to go away very quickly. We're going to have a long road ahead, and to try to figure out how to survive and be a company to be there for those people when it is time to come back and the, the moves that we had to make and, and everyone that sacrificed their, their salaries and their wages, the ones that even that stayed on and were work, we've been all been working full time and very limited and, and, and taken on, but just being there every, through the, every step. I mean, I went through every property, uh, got to you know, speak to almost all of our staff, uh, each and every one of them as we did the stand downs, the reasons, the why, the how, how we were going to hold it on, how we continue to pay them through until, until job keeper came on and, and just we care about these people. We have, you know, you've spent so much time training and, and evolving and, and growing them and, and, and they become your family and you spend more time with them than you do with your own family, you know, in this business we're in. And, and you just just so much love that was it was probably one of the hardest things that I've ever been through uh, in this when we when we did all those stand downs. You know, people often just think of restaurants and cafes when they think of the food sector, but hotels uh are huge in regards to food and beverage offerings um, right across the globe. You know, how many how many meals or how many people do you get through your operations, you know, over a year? Oh, wow. That's a good question. If we were to take it through, I'd have to probably run <laughs> run some mad calculations. But but uh, look, it's funny because when I, when I got to, I came from a group called you know, Noble House in the States and it was we had about 12 hotels and they were, it was all about the owner. It was just freestanding restaurants, freestanding restaurants that happened to be located inside a hotel. They weren't hotel restaurants per se. And, and you would do your 200 and 250 a night. You'd have good average spins, good bars, you know, great celebrity, you know, well-known chefs and fun concepts and that was where i got kind of recruited to come to australia was to open and start the qt brand and run the f and b and qt and do these big freestanding restaurants that happen to be located inside hotels but they weren't traditional hotel restaurants and did that for years and we would we would literally begin we'd get into the double digit millions uh in, in annual sales you know across multiple hotels with Ovalo, i mean each individual restaurant concept's different i mean you know we'd have uh Big restaurant in Canberra that would you know would, would end up doing, uh, let's say, thirty thousand you know thirty thousand forty thousand know, dinners a month and you still I mean a, a year and you'd still do right. your full breakfast you do your lunch your room service in room dining but big heavy heavy revenues um, if you're doing it well right if you're doing the right right team right staff right leadership music vibe energy soul if you get it right and you, and you do it well then then you can attract and i think the future is going to be good for hotel restaurants um coming out of out of this i think people are going to be looking for safety security you know strong brand recognition cleanliness uh you know, and a lot of hospitality and gratitude you know what's some of the initiatives that you put in place to um keep your staff and to um, move forward with the various restaurant models that you have uh, to get through this pandemic yeah, look, we had to look when we had to shut it all down completely. Then we shut everything down right away, and we ended up moving to we kept we kept the in room and, and went for the hotel guest. We we quickly turned to a few opened a few new concepts off the back of current concepts you know, uh, to do takeaway and delivery and some you know some good home you know box and, and marketplace and delis and did some things to just to try to keep feeding the locals and the people that lived in around the area and people that were staying with us. Um, we recently launched a, a concept called Restaurant and Room, which was really fun for when there were no restaurants open, but you just needed to get out of your house and, and get somewhere but feel safe where we converted 
converted uh, hotel rooms into little private dining rooms with you know wow. your restaurant, your tables, your chairs, wow. your service staff, and then you'd get served you know five and seven course dinner. Have dinner, have your wine, have your drinks, a little co- cocktail trolley that rolled up and made drinks for you, and then you just left, you know, and you left and you went home. You didn't have to. It wasn't you didn't have to stay the night. It was just your own private dining room. So that's been a real winner. Tell me about some of your restaurants, you know, because they're award-winning restaurants, some of them, and you've got some pretty amazing chefs in the past, like Sean McConnell, you know, with Monster, and you've got, like, associations with Ian Curley and Justin North. You know, can you tell us about some of the restaurants across the group? Yeah, so we've got to look. It's funny. We've got um, Alibi here at uh, Willamaloo today, but Alibi is 100% plant-based, work with Matthew Kenny. Um, to put that concept together, and that's just very, very successful little restaurant. It's it's really taken off and done very well, and has a great following. Um, really killer food. So that's that we'll open back up on on Friday. There we've got yeah Monster. Uh, just about to go through a probably our next evolution of what Monster is going to be. Um, big size restaurant that's in the hotel Nishi, which used to be a hotel hotel, and that originally was yeah. Connolly was part of one of the brothers there doing uh, they did some really cool stuff when they opened it. They, they they pushed it really really hard for Canberra and it was they caught I think they caught it at the right time and it was a good place. We're going to evolve that. Um, that's that will be opening up that very soon. We just opened a very cool um, soulful Middle Eastern Israeli led uh, restaurant up in Brisbane um, with Roy Nur. Yeah, that's right. So that was that's a banger. That's a killer killer concept and really good food. Great great little vibe in there good music energy so it's so funny and I, that's where my heart goes out to everyone that puts so much into their business right everyone's put so much into their business and you just if you just had it ticking right where you wanted it to be and you had all the things dialed in perfectly and then you felt really good about where it was going and then this thing hits and all that work and all those hours and weeks and months and year of into into the making just you know you just feel like whoosh you know and it goes right back down to zero and but uh, we'll get back on that. We've got a cool little, a couple of cool little cocktail bars. Um, what else we're doing? Uh, we're opening a vegetarian restaurant, full vegetarian, down in South Yara. That'll be with Ian Curley. He oversees Monster in Canberra, and we're in Brisbane. And then he'll be doing. He'll heading up uh, the culinary for, and finding us a good uh, exec chef and working with the team there for uh, for a new restaurant that's going to open probably in November. Um, we've got another one that we're coming on in, to in Bali, so that'll be up in October. Or so. Um, yeah, it's been fun. Look, it's it's growing. It's a young company. They they never really they just kind of really started getting into the into the into the F and B game over the last couple of years um, and taking it seriously. And but we've had some great opportunities. Work with some really great really great operators that kind of come in and help us on that culinary side. We don't really have a group chef. These guys just come in and do the real deal. And and it's it's just a pleasure to work with them. You you talked earlier about this amazing idea that you had of using hotel rooms as private dining rooms where, you know, a couple can have, you know, almost an exclusive sort of experience. Um, Are you going to continue that, you know, until your occupancy rates and numbers return and, and maybe even beyond that? Is that something that could outlast this sort of period? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. We're going to keep it going. I think we're already pretty much looking like we're booked up and booked out for the next four or five weeks. Um, Wow, in both Sydney and, and Canberra, and we'll we'll put it up and start in Brisbane, probably in the next few weeks uh, at at Valley, and yeah, the calls are just coming. People are just really excited, even with restaurants reopening and the in the fifty packs, or you know, it's going to be a hundred. 
when we get to Brisbane in the middle of July. But I think people still like that idea of just, you know, it's safe, it's it's private, it's you still get the restaurant experience, you get time to be alone, you know, and it's not that much more than than just a good a good night out, uh, you know, with a crowd. So it'll be a little bit different. And it's I mean, we're very resilient. We're very resilient. Uh, you know, humanity is very resilient, right? I mean, you think about all the things that have happened uh in in in, in the world, plagues, depressions, wars, nine eleven, terrorist attacks, hurricanes, tornado I mean, we we do bounce back, but I think it will be a little bit different for some time until people have a a, a, a lot more safety and security around what what the future does hold with something like a, a COVID or you know, any kind of uh, you know pandemic of what we're going through now. So I think you know like small bars, you know tighter tighter confined spaces. People you know, used to run, bump in, and knock around and be just cozied up while you're fighting for a drink at the bar. I just think those those days are going to take a little bit more time. And I think bigger spaces or private spaces or I think that's you know an opportunity where there is that social distancing and there's those areas where people can go okay I can go out but I don't feel like I'm sitting right on top of somebody or someone sitting on top of me I think it's going to be a bit of that for a while and I think that was one of the things with with R and R just gives people an opportunity to get out but still feel safe um, and as we as we open up these restaurants now over these next coming weeks you know making sure we just do everything that we can to have the, the space in between the tables to give people opportunity to not overcrowd, not overbook, you know, double, not, you know, double seatings and, 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 you know, just really be safe and, and be smart about it, but have to get back to business because we, it's a very tough industry to make money as everyone knows. And, and, and you, everyone's fighting for fighting for their life, just trying to get through with taxes and payroll and, you know, bodies and cogs and rents and allocations. And, and, and it's, it's people I, I feel for, everyone in this industry trying to get back to it and, and do the right thing and do keep it safe, but still be able to stay alive and exist, you know? You've got a pretty illustrious career of, um, of influence, you know, in, in the US and Australia. And uh, how did you get started in, in the hospitality sector? Oh man, I was uh, I uh, I started when I was a kid. I was you know I was sixth grade uh, dropout. You know, twelve years old. Started off uh, bothered somebody enough times to ask him for a dishwashing job, and then just went dishwasher waiter waiter you know manager, and then was working at a big hotel in in San Diego, and then was working for the owner of that hotel, and did all this private stuff. Started taking care of the Clintons and Kennedys, and ended up in Switzerland at the U.S. Embassy, and doing all the parties and events, which took me to Florida and from Florida groups, and then got yeah made my way up to you know VP of Food and Beverage for a hotel group in the states, and then got uh, headhunted to come to Oz right in '08. It was just a it was the strangest thing. You know, it was just right in the middle of what we were going through. We're taking fine dining restaurants and turning them into burger joints and, you know, steakhouses into fish and chip shops and whatever you needed to do to just stay alive, you know, to make things casual and, and inexpensive. And the occupancies were all high end luxury hotel brand and and the you know, occupancy went to zero at that time. And, and wow. I was thinking, how and I was laying off all Friends, I'm thinking, how am I going to? What's the next five years? You know, we were looking at the price of the spec of you know spec price of bacon, and how are we going to change this and change that? And the, you know, the the busboy was going to do turn down in the room, and the housekeepers were going to serve you know food in the restaurant, and and uh, and then all of a sudden this opportunity come to start this QT brand, and where this visionary David Sargent and say. Let's go. I've got an open checkbook. We've got I've got ideas of where I'm going to put all these hotels. And do you want to come do all these cool restaurants? And 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 we had just a, a phenomenal, 
phenomenal six years and working with some great people, brought some killer people over from the States that I just love. Some of my, my closest people and brought my teams and, you know, the head of music, head of bars, head of food, head chefs. And we just, and, and just ingrained into Australian culture and, and did some fun things and, and just been here ever since. And never, it's a home now, you know, and all my friends are here and my life's here. My daughter was born in Australia and it's, it's home for, it's home for good now, you know? Were you originally from California and, you know, have you had any conversations with people back home about the impact of the pandemic over there? Man, every, all the time, all the time. It has hit everyone equally all around, you know, the world as far as, you know, and from the, from financially, operationally, you know, uh, psychologically socially i think everyone has gone through you know just most people were probably in the same boat that they just didn't have you know you didn't have all the all your money tied up you know you didn't put it all into the under your mattress and ready for for a rainy day you know <laughs> and so everyone was a lot of people were kind of just living to live and and then you, this is kind of a rude awakening to go shit I, I i wasn't really super prepared uh for something like this and 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 but i think the funny is that the, the levity the comedy the the, the the good relationships, the friendships, the kind you know the the I'm commun I think I'm communicating more with these people that I've I've lost touch with over the years because we're always so busy and everyone's got work and roles and jobs and now you, you're sending funny videos and memes and you know pictures and things around and you, and you you get on the phone and you just have a good laugh and say hey we're all trying to figure this out together so but um, it's been awful what's happening. What has that reconnection meant for you? It's been incredible. It's funny because I, you know, so I've never been a big social, a big social person, and I didn't, I never had Facebook until like recently, which is funny. I'd get on it at, at fifty, <laughs> but I did it because we put all of our staff on it. We were communicating. I was sending out, you know, really cool things, you know, to the team, just keep everybody up and inspired and fun, you know, some quotes and sayings and videos and some and some notes and stuff just to let everybody know what we're working on. But through that, it turned out that I've just caught up with all these people that have, you know, tracked me down and found me through the years that I've lost touch with. And it's been great to reconnect and hear what they're, what they're up to and what they're doing. So I see why people, why people do do it. And, and that's been really good. And, and a lot of people are just, um, you know, they're staying strong. And I think everyone, if you stay, staying positive about where we're going to get to and we will return. And it's just, how does it, what does it look like when we return? You know, and how do we get back to where we want to get to as a society? But I think at the world, I think the universe told everybody they needed to take a, take a moment and just have a rethink about it, you know? How are you feeling at the moment about what's going on in the U.S. with sort of the peaceful protests and the riots and the Trump administration? Man. How does that feel? Oh, I don't know if we have that kind of time on this podcast, my man. No, but I honestly, it's 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 sad. Look, I, I lived through. I lived from L.A. and I was in '92 with you know with the Rodney King um, when the and that was very kind of confined, you know, to California and around. This is you know this is gone. This is across the whole nation because it's just it's grown and it's grown and it's grown. It's gotten worse and it's gotten worse and it's gotten worse. And how you know how Trump's handling it and how the government. Uh, it's, it, there needs to be change, you know? And mm -hmm. I think, um, but it should, it, it shouldn't get to the point where like, you know, you shouldn't be tipping cars and light shit on fire and stealing a TV from Kmart. That doesn't really get the point across, you know? Yeah. Um, but there needs to be, there needs to be some, some massive, some massive change. Um, and I feel, I feel that we have to have to listen, you know, at some point it, it's this, the, the freedoms that these police have. 
to do the things that they get, have have gotten away with, which is just absolutely brutal. You know, I mean, as Terrence McKenna said, you know, if you come across a protest, just join in because they probably know more about it. <laughs> they know more about the subject matter than you do, you know. But but it shouldn't cut get to a point where people are getting hurt, yeah, and dying, you know. How's it felt um, being in Australia with the pandemic? On you know, it's we've we've witnessed sort of what's happening around the globe, and um, certainly in some sense, Australia's been sort of uh, safe from a lot of that. You know, how how have you felt being here? Like we're on the Truman Show. No, it's it's really um, you know it's a safe place to be, right? I mean, I, I think originally when I was I was. Have just had just had a baby. You know, we just got to Australia, and I knew I wanted to raise my daughter. You know, in a really safe place in Australia. Just it's just a beautiful look. It's a beautiful country. It's 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 protected. It's isolated in the sense that you can control. You have a much better opportunity to control. People can get you know can help control less population. Smart smarter about going about it not being i think we just handle things quite well as, as, a, as a country i mean i think both new zealand and australia really stepped up and and did what they said they were going to do and lived by what we needed to do and even some against some of our better judgment probably at the beginning and i think but now we're coming on the other side of it whereas a lot of the rest of the world they're still suffering and struggling and and it's not it's gonna be very hard for them to slow it down and, and get to that that point where we are so i mean it's one thing about this country is it's just it's it's a really great place i mean crime is very low um it's just yeah it's just uh, i think it's, a, it's it was it's great to be here well as you briefly touched on you know travel restrictions are easing in australia and um you know how are you feeling about wel- welcoming people back and and what's what's the plan with the Ovalo group yeah look we um look we're gonna we've put so many steps and measures uh into place for safety and security of of our, of our guests of our staff we're doing everything everything to the extreme to to be uh to just to, to do the right thing you know and we're looking forward to having people back i mean the domestic is really starting to climb um already so we're gonna have some big occupancies over this coming week um across both sydney and, and canberra and then as brisbane starts to open up um we'll open up by the end of the month internally with queensland and then hopefully they'll get that that border down before before new zealand well, i need new zealand to open up because i need to get over there as soon as possible but um but we're looking forward to having people back we're looking forward to as, as long as everyone's traveling the right way and doing the right thing and staying safe um we, we'd love to see see things lights back on the you know the music back on the the smiling faces that we have we've got some really beautiful shiny happy people that, that work for us and and, uh, and I think they're all excited to get back, get back into it, and, and take care of guests, right? I and mean, we love this. We're all in this business to take care of people and spoil people, and, and give them a really great experience, and, and just be show our hospitality and, and care. And I think we're, we're really having a lot of training, uh, training coming up over the next few weeks, just to be have gratitude, just be really thankful for for the people that are coming to stay with us they have a million choices now right everyone's going to be fighting for the same the same business and rates are going to they're going to be rate wars and there's going to be lots of occupancy a lot of availability right a lot a lot of rooms um that uh around around the country uh because we still won't have the international for a while so we just have to do it really well what do you love about uh, your sector and you know is there an experience you've had in your career that you've never thought you'd ever have 
Wow, man, I've had, I've, I've been so, and I feel like it's the, it's the wildest. It's been such a crazy ride, like for, for a kid from a trailer park and and nowheresville, you know. To, I've traveled the world. I've lived all over the world, Australia, New Zealand. I've run big, ho- big restaurant groups, big hotel groups. I got to spend three years at the U.S. Embassy in Switzerland with a diplomatic passport, taking care of presidents and, and and you know politicians from all over the world, and and um. You know, I've just I've I've got to meet some of the most phenomenal actors, you know, musicians, artists, uh, just incredible human beings on the journey. You know, it's just been it's been a phenomenal, phenomenal journey, and it's all been from just taking care of people and loving restaurant business and loving hospitality and, and service and taking care and growing and 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 just evolving and learning everything about food and wine and everything I could about the, the, the industry and, and just developing people along the way to watch them turn into their own big group F and B directors and, you know, group chefs and, and own their own restaurants and travel all over. And I feel like I've kind of, I feel really proud to have taken some, some people on a journey that led them to, to their biggest success and have worked with some great, uh, entrepreneurs and great restaurateurs and great hoteliers and some of the best culinarians and I've eaten and drank my way around the world. It's been pretty special. It's been really special. It sounds pretty good. <laughs> did a lot of bad stuff, you know, did all the bad stuff, did all the good stuff, <laughs> did everything you could possibly do in this business. You know, What's made you proud of the way your team has adapted and reacted during this time? I think just um, the cohesiveness, the, 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 the communication, the the care factor, the the selflessness to to be in it and stay working, show up every morning, still come to work as much as we can, hold down the fort, be with the teams with the we could be with, take you know the with you know with the with our remuneration you know changes, but still the hours and the and the the days and the weeks and the months and the and the dedication to still come to see them show up and still work just as hard if not harder i mean there was a lot of us there's a lot that you know there was no you know hey downtime it was it was uptime it was from stand downs to restructure to rebuild to what do we do to how do we pivot to now it's re reopen restart rehire retrain rebuild and you know and remarket and, and re-energize uh you know the, the hotels so everyone's just been full blast on through it and i've just been really and the ones that have had we had to stand down, they were graceful and, and and understanding and beautiful, and and they stay in contact. And we've had some really great um, days where we've invited some of the teams down and and, and just had a, had a little feed and just just let them know that as soon as we can get open, we're going to have them all back. And and so we're just pushing really hard. So I just think that the community and the, the, the togetherness of we've stuck together through it all, which it's been beautiful. When you get new staff members, you know, what, what do you say to them about the keys to good hospitality for your sector? I think you have to start from what, from all my years, what I think you have to, you have to start with someone with a great soul and someone with a great heart and someone with a great, with a great passion and joy de vivre and a, and a zest for life. And I think if you, and if you hire the right, if you hire that right person and that right energy then just teaching them the fine art of smiling and how to carry and how to do this and this, this, this you know the six foot rule and two foot this and this is when we greet and this is how we think and serve on the right, clear on the right, drinks on the right hand side and this is when we do this and this is when you step in and this when you step out. I think all those things just come really 
easily with the with the right person. I think when you're trying to put that you know round peg in a square hole, no matter how great you are as a you know trainer, how great you are as an inspirational speaker, it, it just it doesn't fly if someone doesn't innately want to give great hospitality. So I think you know. Hire slow, fire fast, put the right people in place, and just find people that love the business, you know? I like that line. That's great. Um, you know, what have you missed most during this pandemic? Well, probably two things. Probably uh, not drinking outside of <laughs> drinking outside of my home, because that makes me start to feel really bad about myself, <laughs> and not being able to train properly. I have this, like... Um, I got this prison workout system going on in the backyard with like some dumbbells and some, you know, some uh, pavers from Bunnings and some, <laughs> some, some bags of sand and shit. My, my partner, she's leaving. She's like, she's like, you got like prison workout. I'm like, yeah, I'm doing whatever, you know, just like I'm in the yard, you know, but I miss, I miss training. No, I miss uh, the camaraderie of, I miss being in the kitchen, right? I miss being in, I miss being with the teams. I miss pre-meals. I miss seeing all the faces. I miss traveling. I, I've been a traveler, so I'm usually on the road four or five days a week and I miss popping in and going straight to the hotel get to the restaurant go see the team spend the night on the floor be with the crew i just miss that i miss that camaraderie i think with with the, with everybody i miss the guests too i miss talking to the people that come through and the smiling faces when you do something well and feed them a great meal and serve them a proper drink and remember their name and all that stuff just I miss all of it do you think you'll do things a little differently moving forward you know has there been positives to come out of this experience for you yeah, I think. Look, I think for I think for everybody, there's been some positives. I mean, look, there. I think a lot of businesses get, uh, un, un, unfortunately, they get a little bit top heavy. They get a little bit fat, you know, in some of the personnel and some of the things and the and and the disciplines. And I think having to call things down to zero and then rebuilding it from zero. I think you'll look at how you how you do things. You'll look at technology uh, differently. I think you'll try to find ways to get more output with less you know bodies to, to input um just because you need to we need to have we need to be able to smart sharper menus you know sharper technology better reporting systems ease for people to order you know digitally um prepay postpay you know just have just have it make it streamlined i think the customer journey needs to be very flawless i think the the our staff journey needs to be a lot a lot less clunky and sharp and I think people have to understand that they're going to need to learn to do more within the role and I think people will be happy to do more within a role because they have a role and they're part of a team and they're, they're so I think there'll be a lot of good things that will come out of this I think we'll just work a little bit sharper faster better and probably with a little more gratitude all of us will probably feel a little bit more gratitude to what we're doing versus sometimes feeling like you're just you're in the grind you know every day you know well, as people start traveling and the hotels start filling up and the restaurants fill up again as well, you know, how are you going to feel when the hotel's sort of at full occupancy and the restaurants are pumping along? That'll be a, that'll be a great day. I think, uh, I think we've got a ways to go with that. I think, you know, it's going to be, I think to see full hotel occupancy, I think around, around Australia for any hotel group. Or, ind or independent, um, it's probably going to be a good 12, 12 months, or I think, before we get back to those, you know, those 80s and 90 percents that everybody was feeling. I think 
running it. It'll probably be at that half half capacity for a while. And I think this is when good general managers and good operators have to really. I think there's a lot of young managers that had the opportunity to just be a manager. You know, they get to be a hotel manager, GM in a in a really great market where it's you know you're just punching ninety percent occupancy, these high rates, and you're just creaming it. Now you got to be really smart to deliver that same service, that that high energy, that good front desk experience, good clean, still keep the the rooms that tidy and live to all your standards with less people and, and, and not and not driving those those huge those huge profits um, right off the bat. But I think, you know, the the great ones will, will do phenomenal and, and the ones that are just still running at it kind of mediocre will probably they'll struggle they'll struggle even more than they did before. So you just gotta do it well. Well mate, I'm really looking forward to see what happens as we move forward, particularly with the uh, private dining in hotel rooms. I think that's a genius idea um, that the group's Deliver. Come give it a once. Come give it a shot. Have down. <laughs> well, I need to get a babysitter first for that to happen. Um, willing to take on twins, but um, <laughs> I might. We it might be the best night of our lives. We might have to do that. Um, That's it. That's it, mate. Vincent, it's been it. bloody great chatting. And um, keep in touch. And uh, love to hear what happens as we move forward. And thanks for joining us. Oh, you know, thank you so much. And it's an honor to be here. Like, honestly, to have me on with, you have the most incredible, you've had the most incredible guests on this, on your on your podcast, on your show. I mean, like just an incredible, I've been listening to them and the beautiful, great hospitality gurus uh, that you've had on. And they're just like, it's one of those, like a dinner party you'd want to put together, you know, and have a big blowout night with all those. He has a great mix of people. So it's been, been honored to be on here with you. So thank you. We might have to plan a dinner party at the uh, sometime soon with everyone. That sounds like a great Let's idea. do it. How good would that be? That would be really cool to have all those people in one spot. I think that would be really mate, cool. Mate, you've planted awesome. a great seed there. Um, Vincent, mate, thanks so much. Thank you so much. I'll speak to you soon. Thank you for everything. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we share the stories of Australia's hospo community, suppliers and producers in search of hope during this pandemic. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds Podcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well. <laughs>